Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Last Take here along Charlie, Mark, Dylan. I, my name is Anthony, and thank you for tuning in for another episode. If you didn't cover last week, we went over the North Dakota-Nebraska game, and we're going to break down even more Nebraska news, uh, head coach changes, and a lot of a lot of questions up in the air for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Also, we will get through the college pick'em list, but on the agenda here first today, we're going to call it the defrosting of Nebraska football. Uh, Scott Frost was fired from the program on Monday. Mickey Joseph is now the intern head coach. Dylan has been a longtime Nebraska fan, so he's been taking notes. Dylan, what are your thoughts about this big coaching change? When he was first fired, I thought it was the right decision. And then I kind of thought about it. This uh, this sucks because we have had so many coaches. We've had four coaches, and because they haven't worked or there are some other issues like Bo Pelini with his little attitude and, you know, Bill Callahan wasn't that good. And Mike Riley, it's Mike Riley, we know. So it's really disappointing. We really thought Frost was going to be our ch- – he was going to change the program. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to. A lot of people don't realize, like – this this really sucks for the players too because he was their primary recruiter for the past five years he was here and a lot of time and a lot of the players came here because of frost not just all frost like Mickey Joseph now is our was our primary recruiter this year and all that but I'm really just like upset a little bit but I feel like Mickey Joseph can he's bringing the right energy for some reason frost didn't have especially past two years just frost is like he didn't like put like the blame on other players but or coaches but there's say, some there's say, some there's something there's said. like some issues that are brought up like i remember a tiktok i saw this girl was literally rating reason why scott frost lost this game and like other stuff like this so he had to find a new way to i don't know the word i can't think of the word oh I, I don't want to say blames the right word either yeah, so but he just found new ways to find an answer of why we lost it's really unfortunate, especially last year, too. Last year was a disaster. I'm surprised we kept them after that anyways. Yeah, Char- I'm done Say, with Charlie, what are, your, what are your thoughts about the dismissal of Scott Frost? Yeah, I was surprised by the move. I think a lot of people a lot of people wanted him gone. I mean, they were saying it after the Northwestern loss. I heard people saying it, but it's just it, it's sad because, you know, he loves Nebraska. And you were kind of talking about how when we hired him, you know, we got some some good players to come as well. The, the fact, you know, the influence he had on that. And I think there was a lot of other schools that wanted Scott Frost after what he did at UCF. Florida was the big one. Yeah, they, you know, undefeated season, beating Auburn in the New Year's Six Bowl. So a lot of a lot of people wanted him and just lot really high expectations when we hired him. So kind of sad to see now what's happened here. But yeah, uh, Mickey Joseph coming in now, he's got, this isn't just like, you know, one or two games here. Like, I, I feel like a lot of interim head coaches, you'll you'll maybe uh, see just a few games at the end of the year, um, and then they'll hire someone else. But Mickey Joseph now really going to have a chance with the, you know, good chunk of the season here still to make, you know, make a statement for himself and We'll see. We'll see how it goes. And from what I've heard, you know, all the players love this guy, and he's uh, he's a motivator. He, I think, he'll have the team fired up and ready to go this weekend. But just sad to see Scott Frost. Like I said, just loves Nebraska. I mean, I don't doubt one bit that he gave it everything. But you know, you look at the results over the years and couldn't get the job done. 
Um, I just kind of piggyback. Like the last time we had an interim head coach coach a game, because most of the time we had an interim head coach for like a little bit. It's because we fired Riley. So like we had a quote unquote interim head coach until we hired uh, Frost. But um, the last time we had an interim head coach was back in 2014, 2015-ish is when we fired Bo Pelini. We had Barney Cotton coach the Holiday Bowl against USC. It'll be interested to see with Mickey Joseph nine games. Same a lot Mark, of games. Mark, what are your thoughts about Yeah, so obviously it um, was my first season actually watching Nebraska football, being from Wisconsin and all that. It seemed like Scott Frost really loved Nebraska, although he, I think he just lost too many one-possession games. You can't can't really do that in college football, especially not when you enter like the Big Ten season. Um, I'm, I was personally surprised they didn't wait until after the buyout with the contract, but you know, it'll be interesting to see if Mickey Joseph can right the ship and do well against Oklahoma. So my thoughts on this, Scott Frost, obviously quarterback at Nebraska, love Nebraska. You made a point about too many single-digit losses. That's very true. Some people claiming Nebraska last year was the best 3-9 team of all time. Um, even if they won three of those games, they were bowl eligible. So Scott did some pretty good things at Nebraska. But statistically, if you look at his record versus the impact of the program, it's a lot different. You know, he's made a huge impact on the program, but not besides just winning games. Refounding a culture that Bo, Bill Callahan was the last coach before Frost. No, we had Bo Pelini. Bo Pelini. And then Mike Riley, and then Frost. Okay, so he definitely impacted the program a lot better than Mike Riley did. It's a bittersweet sort of say. It's kind of like, I don't know how you describe it in some way, and I'm not going to try to get into it, but it's a bittersweet thing where it's like, it's sad to see him go, but at the same time, you're like, finally, it ha- it finally happened. Hopefully, Mick- Mickey Joseph would do a lot of things better. So, Charlie, what do you think went wrong from Scott Frost's era? Yeah, I mean, just like we were talking about, just couldn't get couldn't get it done in the in the close games. You look at his record and close games, one possession games, and just hasn't been able to get the job done. He's had, I think, he's had plenty of time to do it, but yeah, I just couldn't get it done. I'm, I'm not sure. I've heard some people thinking of uh, talking about how maybe the culture was an issue. I don't think that much to do with it. That hasn't been something that has crossed my mind. But I just think at the end of the day, he couldn't couldn't get the job done. Just letting the one score games. Uh, he was five and twenty-two in one score games. Five and twenty-two. Yeah. Um, taking a look right here, I have pulled up from Twitter uh, potential candidates for the next head coach: Matt Campbell from Iowa State, leading the odds with a four and one in favor. Then Mickey Joseph with the nine and two overall. But some big time names here: Bill O'Brien, um, Jim Leonard, Urban Meyer, Deion Sanders. Uh, Matt Rule and Nominic Sue. Obviously, Nominic Sue's 25 and 1 odds. Mark, who, just be honest here, okay? We all know you love Jim Leonard from Wisconsin, but besides him, who do you think would be a good fit for the Nebraska coach? Well, I think if Mickey Joseph can write the ship for the rest of the nine games here, you know, I think if he has, like, if he can get Nebraska Bowl eligible, even though we are one and two, I think he'd be a good candidate besides Jim Leonard. So Jim Leonard is the favorite, though, in Jim, your mind? Jim Leonard is the favorite in my mind. Okay. Um, I don't know. I want to see Mickey Joseph. Like, I don't, we need to wait to do anything. Let Mickey Joseph do his job. And if we can make a bowl game, I think that's good enough to keep him because if we're able to get out of this hole, this deep hole we're in, even if we lose this weekend, if it's close, that gives us good signs. But if we, I say, even if it's in within within single digits of Oklahoma, I think he's in a good, I will take good spot. <laughs> I will take it. If we get to a bowl game, I think that's good enough to keep Mickey Joseph. Hopefully, Trev understands that, but we'll see. Charlie, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think Scott Frost didn't 
didn't make a bowl game. So that'd be, uh, that'd be, you know, better than any of those seasons if we go six and six. So yeah, the best we did was five and seven. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, I think that'd be a good, good season, I guess, considering where we are right now. But yeah, I've thought about some other candidates that I don't think that's something that uh, a lot of people should be thinking about just yet. I think, like you said, just kind of got to let the season play out. But I thought about Matt Campbell, obviously culture builder, you know, all the winning seasons now at Iowa State. I can so I can definitely see why he's a good name. Another guy uh, thought about was Matt Rule, who is currently on the hot seat with the Carolina Panthers. And I I don't think I think they're going to fire him if he doesn't get that team, you know, certain amount of wins this year or whatever. But I think when you look at what he did with Baylor a few years ago, I think he would be a good candidate as well. Um, So those are my two guys that I've kind of just thought about. But again, I don't think we really need to think about it just yet. And we all got to support Mickey Joseph rest of the season and hoping that this team can still win a couple, at least a couple more games this season. And I think that'd be pretty good. My my top two, I believe, Mickey, like just from what I'm seeing, and literally the past two days off out of Mickey Joseph is a whole new vibe at Nebraska than Scott Frost has claimed. Mickey, he's fired up, he's ready to roll. It seems like he could just take on Oklahoma today if it was up to him, possibly. But like everyone else is saying, just give him time. You know, there's still plenty of season left. We might be down one two with big Oklahoma coming into town, but you never know. Upsets do happen. Just give Mickey a little bit of time, see how the season plays out. The worst thing, I don't think he'll be fired completely off staff. If anything, he'll just go back to no. associate head coach. Then, with, along with, with the, the coach, I say just put, him, just put him back. Don't get rid of him regardless, but just demote him. Kind of like, I don't know what I was saying about Mark Whipple, but I, don't think, I think Mark Whipple should just stay with the OC. My two candidates are Bill O'Brien and Mickey Joseph. I'm keeping him. So, Bill O'Brien, most of you think about the Houston Texans and how he ruined that franchise completely. You have to remember, though, he was the GM and the head coach at the same time. No one, unless your name is Nick Saban or Bill Belichick, can do that. So, And Bill O'Brien's proven himself at Alabama. He's got Bryce Young in a very good spot. He's ruled the offense, might have had a shaky game against Texas. But Bill O'Brien, I believe, could actually try and get some wins, having not college experience, but also NFL experience. Because remember, he he was a coach for the Texans when they made the playoffs, too. I'm just going to jump in. Bill O'Brien also has Big Ten experience. He was a head coach at Penn State and got that That's team right. to eight and four mm-hmm. when they were dealing with all of those NCAA um, suspensions with, and all that. Yeah. And he got that team. He changed that culture. So he would be... I think Bill O'Brien is probably the most underrated. Even though his odds are seven to one, he is still the most underrated and head coach candidate, at least for Nebraska. When we spoke of lines of giving Mickey Joseph some time, realistically, though, how good do you think he'll be? Um, I'm not going to give an answer until after this week. <laughs> I, I got I to gotta see what that team is different, how the de- team is play, plays different. He's made a lot of different things on the defense. He's made a lot of difference. Like, he already put um, Eric Shenander, he was working with the safeties already. Like, he already changed that. And they're working on tackling. They're working on all this. Something that we didn't really hear from Frost saying anything. Like, you would just say, they they had a good practice today. That's pretty much all he would say. But I'm really interested to see how this weekend goes. How it goes, if we even, I'm not saying we'll upset them, but, like, if we're we play close all game, I'd like to see, if we play all game, I think we could possibly make a bowl game. But that's that is my opinion. But I ha- I won't have like a specific like projected record until after this weekend. 
Yeah, it's kind of hard to say right now, but I think the team's going to come out with a lot of energy. They're going to play mad this weekend, kind of looking to prove a point after what happened last week. But yeah, I think I think a lot of times when you do have these head coaches getting fired the next week, you see the team play with that energy, just, you know, giving it their all. And I think that's what they're going to do this weekend against a tough Oklahoma team. But yeah, looking at the rest of the schedule, there's just some tough games in there. So I don't know. I I, I won't make a won't make a prediction just yet. Uh, Want to see him this weekend still, but yeah, uh, it's going to be tough to make a bowl game. Uh, Georgia Southern, obviously, that was a game that we needed to win. Not necessarily, obviously, to get six wins, but that's a game that we shouldn't have lost. But yeah, tough to say right now. I'm hoping that that they'll make a bowl game, but we'll see. I think I have to agree with Dylan. I think I won't know until after this week exactly what record, but um, they have a pretty tough tough schedule, and I think, yeah, it just depends. So put that on our next week outline to make sure that we put predictions, at least for Mickey Joseph. Yeah. Honestly, I, I'm not going to give a record quite yet, just like any, everybody else. I believe that he will change at least some parts of the culture that Scott didn't even touch. So well, I've, I think he, he's just really fired up. He's really energetic. This reminds me of my high school's current head coach. He was really fired up for the job. I mean, yeah, we have a really small roster, but at least he's passionate about it. That's pretty much all you can get from a head coach is if he's passionate about something and if he has to drive, which Mickey Joseph has both. And a good thing is players learn from their coaches. So if these coaches have that energy, we like you said, they're going to come out playing angry and playing to prove a point Let's say, this weekend. Say, Josh uh, Josh mentioned something earlier. He says that it's pretty much going to be a message for Frost this week. He says, go out there, go play for Frost, like win it for Frost, and then we can finally go back to Mickey Joseph football. Like have one final week for Scott Frost and then finally just put him behind us like everyone else. Oklahoma game coming up. It's really tough to say. You know, I'd like to believe that we could pull off the upset, and I personally think we can, is as long as we actually work on what we're supposed to. Like, if tackling's better, and working on the corners and stuff too, like, we don't have fast enough corners, unfortunately, and that's why we ran a lot of cushion against Georgia Southern, and that just allowed them to get a lot of yards. That sucks, and we weren't ready for it. And I'm kind of thinking that we didn't really study enough for Georgia Southern. Obviously, look at the score. They gave the 650 yards, almost 700. So most we've given up. But I'd like to see it all depends on that defense. I'm not really worried about our offense. I haven't been all year. I mean, the offense has looked good. Anthony Grant, you were right. AJ Allen. AJ Allen. AJ Allen is a dog. Say, Dylan and I were sitting each other by the game, and all along with AJ Allen, he had that big run, the big touchdown. We both look at each other and like, Mark is right about something. (laughs) (laughs) But AJ Allen, man, he's a dog. Anthony Grant, a dog. Casey Thompson, a dog. (laughs) Like, I mean, I'm not worried about our offense. Defense, defense needs to play better. We can't give up. We can't play like we did last week. We will get murdered on the field at Memorial. Yeah, it'll get ugly if the defense doesn't play better than they did last week going up against Dylan Gabriel, quarterback at Oklahoma, who looks really good. He's got some weapons as well and a good uh, you know, run, run game for Oklahoma looking good as well, led by Eric Gray. You know, he, he's, he's doing well, and I think if the defense can't stop them, which I, I don't think they're going to, I don't think we'll win this game. But I think offensively, you look like you guys were saying, Anthony Grant, uh, for, first Nebraska running back since 1950 to rush for 100 yards in the first three games of the season, over six yards a carry for 428 yards and five scores. But yeah, I think him and Casey Thompson present a lot of problems to that Sooner defense. Now with Brett Venables, uh, head coach at Oklahoma, defensive mind, 
defense has looked good the first two weeks, but I think this is by far their biggest challenge going up against Casey Thompson and Anthony Grant. So I think the Nebraska offense, I think they'll be able to move the ball at times in this game. It's going to be interesting to see. But again, if the defense can't stop Oklahoma, I don't think this game will be very close in the end. Sorry, jumping in again. But um, this easily, this game could easily be a shootout like last week, unfortunately. It could be. I'm not. It just depends how good it, Oklahoma's defense does and our defense. It's all depending on the defense because both offenses are pretty good. Defense, Oklahoma's been pretty good. They weren't that impressive last week against Kent State, but on, they still won by 30 points. So, so cause, it doesn't matter. Because you look at the numbers right here. So, so points points per game, Oklahoma 39, Nebraska 36. So offense to offense, at least scoring-wise, was relatable. But however, Oklahoma only allows eight points per game while we allow 31. Total yards for offense, Oklahoma 461, Nebraska 492. So our offense can definitely hang with Oklahoma's offense. However, it's not an offense offense. It's offense defense, defense offense. So Oklahoma's defense yards allowed is 305. Ours is 492. <laughs> so, I mean, with the exception of the 650 game last week, that's still a whole lot of yards to give up in a football game. With the adjustment that Mickey Joseph's making on defense, if we can finally tackle, if we can finally play coverage, if we can stop Oklahoma's run, even though their main carrier only has 173 yards, that's still quite a lot of numbers up for only two games for Nebraska or for Oklahoma. But we just got to have a lot of better de- defense game. It will probably end up in a shootout just like last week. So it's just a pretty much up in the air game. You never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, coming into this week, obviously, I think that from what I've seen and what I've heard, I think they really enjoy, you know, having Mickey Joseph as their, like, interim um, for, for now. Um, I think that, you know, like Dylan said, if our defense plays better and if we can tackle, then I think this could be a close game. But I don't know if I see uh, Nebraska winning this game. Personally, I'd like to see an upset, but, you know, that's not for me to, to say. Okay. We'll take a little break right here. And we'll get you more into your college football pickems. This is the last take by Dylan, Mark, Charlie, and Anthony. And welcome back. You are listening to the last take. We are going to get into our segment now, the college football pick'em games, which pretty much go down the list of the ESPN college football pick'em list. If you want to do it at home along, just hop onto the ESPN website or download the ESPN Fantasy app, and then there you should go to games if you're on the app, and then just go down the list. So this time I'm going to turn it over to Dylan. Give us the rundown. All right. Well, first we're going to talk about our standings. So based off of the picks, so I got eight right, eight out of two. I proved y'all wrong with Kentucky winning against Florida and BYU beating Baylor. So I'm leading with 13 points. Charlie got Tech in Houston, right? So that gives him 12 points. So he puts him one behind me because he went seven and three. And then Anthony has 10 points because he got six, right? Mark had the toughest weekend of all yeah. of us, only getting four right. Big ones were Iowa. I say he had he Iowa. Had Iowa all of us did pick Wisconsin, though, so, yeah. like, we'll give you a break on that one. <laughs> um, you, you also picked uh, Pitt over Tennessee as well. That one that one really hurt you. Mm-hmm. So 13, 12, 10, and 8 is our standings. Um, so the first game we're going to go over is the number 12 BYU Cougars coming off a big win over future Big 12 opponent, Baylor. They won at home, which was came down to a lot of missed field goals on overtime. Both of them missed in the first the first overtime. 
and then just a failure from Baylor at the end of the second overtime. Yeah, I'm going to take Oregon in this game. Good bounce back win last week over Eastern Washington after getting blown out by Georgia. Um, and I think I think BYU after that emotional win last week, hard fought. They're you know going into a hostile environment, and Eugene always tough to win there. So I'm going to take the Ducks in this one. I'm going to I'm going to take BYU. Um, I just think I think they can handle the pressure, and I just BYU. Say I got the Ducks in this one. Uh, being at home against BYU, BYU is facing a lot of pressure coming into this game. Two and zero. Very historic wins over Baylor and their first one. I can't remember who. South Florida. I say South Florida, not a big win, but they're proving themselves in the rankings with the t- with being 12th overall. Oregon is a mystery team in this case. I do like that they're at home. Big loss against Georgia week one and then Eastern Washington on week two. Uh, I think the Ducks are going to bounce back. I think this is probably the team that we're going to get with Oregon all year long. So with that, I'm going to ride with the Oregon Ducks. Um, so I'm going to pick BYU. My reasoning is they haven't failed me yet. I mean, I've picked them every single week so far. <laughs> um, I think this game will be really close regardless. Whoever wins, it's going to come down to the wire like the past, like last week. It's whoever more, has more grit. They're going to play with their hearts out. BYU will win close. That That's my prediction, and I'm just riding the, the, so you the ever, train on you that You ever one. noticed BYU has always been in the – have always been the pick games for the past three weeks? Like since yeah. the season started, BYU has always been in the, the picks. So I mean, they haven't failed me yet, and so. I, they've always beaten me out. So <laughs> I will I will stay on that hap, hype train until it fails me. So if they win this week, yay! They probably won't be on it. I don't know who they play next, but okay. Um, next game, it's another somewhat of a big game. I uh, have the Penn State Nittany Lions going on the road. Twenty uh, second ranked, yeah. Twenty second ranked Penn State, and they are taking on. They're going on the road to Jordan Air. Take on Auburn. Say Auburn is a. I haven't heard a lot of Auburn yet. T.J. Finley at quarterback, transfer from LSU. Auburn's always the mystery team that's see. You never know what team you're going to get with them. Um, I like the Penn State Nittany Lions in this one coming on the road to Auburn. It's going to be a hostile environment. Everyone knows the crowd is different there in Auburn, but the Nittany Lions look, look very explosive this year true freshman talent can't think of his name right now first touch of the ball he got was a 70-yard touchdown but uh, Sean Clifford at quarterback you know he's very tough wants to win games and they'll find a way to come over the Auburn Tigers I, I like Penn State you know playing in Auburn Alabama or whether at Alabama it's just a very the crowds are very different like Anthony said so I like Penn State I've been going back and forth all week on this one some ways Auburn wins. We just don't know what what type of team they're gonna have at this. And they also have a good crowd. The crowd is the biggest. It would be their twelfth man if they're gonna win. That's the only reason you hesitate with this game is because of the crowd. Yeah, the crowd. It's it's gonna be different. But I think I've been with Auburn like all week. But I'm like I don't know. I'm gonna take Penn State in this one. Sean Clifford has that veteran experience. I mean, what is this? His sixth year. Something like that. I swear he's been there forever. And just this the talent they have. I got Penn State. They're going to go into the hostile crowd and pull it off. All right. That's what I like to hear, all of you guys taking Penn State, because I'm taking Auburn in this game. Uh, last year, went up to State College, and uh, they did they, they, played, they put up a fight. It was the wideout game last year up there, uh, and they held uh, Penn State to 90 yards rushing and just 2.7 yards per carry. Uh, lost, lost the game by eight, and... 
just their run defense, I think. I don't think they've taken taken a huge step back this year. And Penn State, so I don't think Penn State is going to be able to going to be able to run the football on Auburn, uh, which is going to require Sean Clifford to make some plays. And I think if Auburn can keep this game close in the first half, I think that that they'll be in a good spot. I think it'll be close, but I like Auburn to win this game after losing last year. Um, you're the Herb Street. Normally, he picks always against everybody else. You're the Herb Street in that situation. I say last week yep. he wasn't wrong about the Texas Tech. We all picked Houston last week, and he's to the Texas Tech. Was that the so, same as? I'd say that's the same. So I don't know. There's something a little going on there with Charlie and Kirk Herb Street going on. So. <laughs> All right, so the next game is undefeated Minnesota Golden Gophers staying at home to take on a not very good Colorado team. They haven't been the same since Mel Tucker left for Michigan State. Uh, Colorado is with a solid zero and two record. I got the Golden Gophers. They'll they'll be able to take care of business easily. I I like Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Just I I don't think Colorado just. Rough, rough first two games. I think Air Force last week. Obviously, they run the triple option. They run the ball extremely well, but over gave up over 500 yards to Air Force last week rushing. So, I like Minnesota in this game. Uh, first two wins of the season against you know uh, not not so good teams, but I think they'll get to three and zero this weekend. Colorado faced TCU. Absolutely blew that game out of the water. It was close in the first half, but. Couldn't find a way to finish the game. Minnesota, on the other hand, Tanner Morgan's looking a lot more of his older self than he was last year. As long as Tanner Morgan's in quarterback, Minnesota will be fine. I'm just going to say this now. Colorado is having a solid 11.5 points per game this year, and their quarterback only has 208 yards and he only has one touchdown. He's only thrown one pick, but they're just not being able to do anything. They just don't look very good. I mean, they did play a very good Air Force team last week. Which Air Force Air easily Force could go scary. undefeated easily this year. Air Force is scary. I'm telling you, they faced you and I. Boy, <laughs> yeah, that's all I could say. Like, just I don't know. It's unbelievable. So, um, so we have game of the week for College Game Day. They're uh, heading to Boone, North Carolina. The Troy Trojans from Alabama are coming up to North Carolina and Boone to take on the App State Mountaineers, who just pulled off probably one of their biggest upsets in school history. Besides, the besides Michigan. Michigan, back in, in 2007. So, yeah, they. They took care of business against Texas A&M. I don't think Troy will win. I think App State will ride that um, the fire, the momentum they have. They'll come out of the game two and one State, easily. App State, solid team. Never heard of Troy. I mean, there there's just no storyline with them. Um, sorry, I don't want me to jump in on your pick, but just letting you guys know, Troy beat Nebraska back in twenty. 20- 18 so <laughs> I mean another have- sunbelt team Nebraska can't beat um I got I got Appalachian State gonna ride that momentum coming home against Texas A&M they're gonna ride high on their energy don't expect it to be quite a blowout but expect the unexpected what so to say but I still got Appalachian State over Troy I I also have Appalachian State over Troy I have I know no one from Troy and I just Appalachian State is going to ride the pan- ride the wagon here. Yeah, it's funny. I think a lot of people thought College Game Day was going to go to College Station this week with Miami A&M. That would have been a pretty good game. Um, A&M ranked higher, Miami ranked as well. Um, a lot of people thought they were going to go there. 
and then App State goes in and beats AM and now they're going to go to Troy App State. So that's pretty funny. But first first two weeks, App State against, you know, two power five teams playing well both weeks. Obviously, that crazy game week one as well against North Carolina, crazy fourth quarter. Um, but I'm going to take Troy in this one. Uh, they're a good team. Uh, last year blew out App State and uh, looking pretty good at the start of the year. I think that App State, kind of like the BYU-Oregon game, just a uh, lot, of, lot of emotion right now. And yes, they are at home, but I think that a lot of people are you know, just looking at this and saying, oh yeah, App State, they beat A&M last week. But Troy's a good team, and I think, I think that they're going to surprise people this weekend and go in and win, win that game. I told you he's the Kirk Herbstreet. <laughs> I, 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 I said I was going to pick both those teams before we started here. <laughs> so next one, a lot of people are looking forward to this game. Mike Leach and the Mississippi State Bulldogs are going into Death Valley to take on the LSU Tigers. I I like Mike Leach uh, ever since he came over from Washington State. You know, saying Washington State just beat Wisconsin last week. I like Mississippi State going into Death Valley and beating LSU. I don't like LSU, but that's my reason. Okay. Um, I also have Mississippi State going into Death Valley and not really upsetting, but like kind of ruining the mojo for Brian Kelly. LSU did not look that good against Florida State. Kind of got unlucky, to be fair, but getting blocked on the extra point or field goal, whatever it was. I don't remember. Yeah, extra point. Extra point. Sucks for LSU, but I just... I like Mike Leach. Mike Leach has that energy. He has that weird energy that makes the team, whoever he's coaching for, makes them like relevant. They're good. I got Mississippi State pulling a big win in Death Valley. I'm taking LSU in this one. Uh, first first conference game of the year for Brian Kelly at home. Going to be interesting uh, to see how he does. I think Will Rogers in that air raid offense is going to present some challenges. But the LSU defense has looked pretty good. Their safeties especially, I think, have looked good these first two games of the year. So I think that that's going to help them out a lot going up against a really good offense. Uh, so I like LSU at home. Pick up their first conference win of the Brian Kelly era. I'm also going to be with Charlie on this one. I got LSU winning this first game at Death Valley for Brian Kelly. Coming there, like I went there, LSU, Alabama in 2020. It was COVID year, so like it was very restricted, wear masks and stuff like that. But even with 25,000 people in the stands against Alabama, there is it's such a vibe going there. Like imagine a full crowd with a new head coach, new offense, stuff like that. Jaden McDaniel or Jaden Jaden McDaniels or just Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. Daniels coming from Arizona State. You know he was very hyped up as a freshman starting starting there. Now he's more developed into a mature quarterback. Knows when to get rid of the ball. He, remember, he drove LSU 98 yards in like the final minutes. 99 right? yards. 99, yeah. even better. Yeah. Okay. He takes control of the offense, establish a run game. LSU will try and find a way through. Yeah. Um, one more thing, just quickly. You thought, uh, you know, you knew right away just that first play of the Florida State game, Jaden Daniels, you know, using his, you know, he escapes, evades the rush and gets out of there and runs for 15 or whatever. So that was the start of, you know, that game, first play of that game. And I think right away you're like, okay, you know, Jaden Daniels, like, let's see what happens here. And I thought he looked pretty good. Just got unfortunate at the end after what was a just unbelievable drive, 99 yards. But yeah, I think he's he's got a lot of a, uh, potential. Excited to watch him in conference play. Fun fact, Jaden Daniels and Adrian Martinez were both in the same recruiting class. Both of them transferred out for their senior year, and they're at new programs and actually doing pretty good, ironically. So 
I haven't I haven't just, seen Adrian Martin well, Adrian Martinez. Okay, so doing. with Martinez, I mean his QBR doesn't say much, forty, but they also they have Deuce they Vaughn. don't pass. They, they don't pass. Vaughn. They just run the ball and Adrian Martinez hasn't looked that bad compared to Nebraska where we're at right now. So <laughs> All right, so next game, you have Texas Tech going on a row to take on a ACC school, number sixteen, NC State. <laughs> Very, very interesting game. I'm going to go first in this one. I'm going to go with an upset alert on this one. I think Texas Tech can pull it off against NC State. We've always had questions against NC State. You know, first game of the year against East Carolina, winning by a point. And then last week was a very stellar win for them, obviously. Uh, Texas Tech beating Houston. Even without their quarterback, I know that was one key take from last week that we mentioned, but Texas Tech looks really outstanding. Uh, NC State, I'm still questioning about, but Texas Tech, I, uh, I'm i going with the Red Raiders on this one. I'll go ahead and go next. This one's another really close one for me. It's really tough to pick between the two. Tech had a very impressive win and a very, very close impressive win against Houston, who Houston is not a bad football team. Say so It went into double overtime, by yeah. the way, as well. And NC State hasn't looked that impressive. I mean, like you said, only beating East Carolina by one because East Carolina missed a field goal. Um, I, I'm going to pick NC State. We'll see. It's, it's going to be close. I think the, the spread is 10 points for NC State. It will be on it will NC uh, not NC State Texas Tech will cover that but I think NC State will win I think it'll come down to last drive and I think NC State will be able to pull it off I'm I'm sort of different just looking at the game preview now I think I'm gonna go with Texas Tech yeah I'm gonna go with Texas Tech so yeah I, it was funny I actually picked so I picked Texas Tech against Houston last week and I didn't actually know that Tyler Show got hurt in the first game and that Donovan Smith would be playing and Donovan Smith uh, got away you know he got away with uh, I think he threw three three interceptions last week against Houston, uh, and that was that was a crazy game. Converted a fourth and twenty there late to win. But yeah, I think uh, going in NC State, kind of that team. A lot of people I saw even a few people pick him to make the college football playoff this year. I think that was kind of I, I don't know if you guys saw that. Some of the I did. Yeah, I never agreed with it. Just <laughs> no. I don't know. Okay, like Desmond Howard. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. He has Pitt and... Did he, no, he didn't he, have NC State, did he? No, no but, but no. he has A&M winning it all, by the way. He had him beating... Oh yeah, Michigan, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, I've seen a few that have had NC State in there, and I just didn't quite understand that. I think they're a good team, and I think they'll win this weekend. Yeah, Texas Tech going in. Donovan Smith cannot throw three interceptions this week, and going into on the road, I think it'll be a tough game. So I like NC State in this one. So to clarify on the last game, Donovan Smith did have three interceptions. Yeah. He had two touchdowns, but threw 350 yards. QBR rating with the 34. So I don't know. This is going to be a little bit back and forth game, I would just believe. I think it's going to be just a coin flip pretty much. Kind of like what I said, it's going to come down to the last drive. Exactly, exactly. All right, this is another big game. This one is on ABC at 6.30. We have the number 11 Michigan State Spartans going into Seattle to take on the Washington Huskies, who are unranked and are favored. What do you guys think about that one? Yeah, so good game here. Uh, first true test for both teams um, of the year. Kalen DeBoer coming in to uh, to Washington along with Michael Penix. Uh, 
this is going to be a good game. I think, I, you know, I kind of thought before the season, I didn't expect Washington to look as impressive as they did. I know it was just against uh, Kent State and Portland State, but you watched that. I was watching some of that Kent State game and they were just, you know, that offense really looked good. It impressed me a lot. Let's see here. So yeah, Penix, he's completed almost 70% of his passes in those games. Again, two not so great opponents, but still really impressive, especially compared to what we saw last year uh, with Jimmy Lake in charge. That was a rough go there. But uh, yeah, uh, six touchdowns, one, only one interception those those first two games. Um, and I think I think the dogs, they've got the advantage at quarterback over Michigan State. It's going to be interesting, Mel Tucker, uh, Michigan State defense. I think if they can, you know, that's the matchup I'm looking at. I think if this game were to be in East Lansing, I would take Michigan State, but I'm going to take Washington at home to, I guess you could, they're, they're actually, are they? Fa- they're favorite, but they're unranked in Michigan State's 11. So it's it's a weird, it's a weird game. Weird Washington, preview. Washington is three and a half point favorites going in. Yeah. So, but their money line is the money line 70. Is, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to take Washington just because this game is in Seattle. I think this will be a good game, really good game. But yeah, I think uh, if I think it's going to be, I'm really excited to watch Michael Penix and Kalen DeBoer and that new offense facing a tough defense with Michigan State. That's going to be a good matchup. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, pick them to do well against them. So taking the dogs. Okay, I'm going to piggyback off of that. Washington will pull it off. I I think Michael Penix, I mean, to be fair, when he was with Indiana, he had that 2020. Indiana was record-wise pretty good. Michael Penix was not bad. I mean, they stayed in the game with Ohio State back in 2020. Again, that's a whole other team. But I just want to put that out there with Michael Penix. He's not a bad player. He's a very good player. I think Nebraska should have went after him. Or I think they did actually go after him a little bit. Not like to the level like where we're going for Casey Thompson's because Casey Thompson has the player that we're looking for. But um, I think just pretty much everything that you said, Washington, I think it, the big thing that it's in Seattle because East Lansing is a whole nother environment. That's why when Michigan State would probably win there. But Seattle is a whole nother environment, too. So I got the Huskies pulling it off. I've had them all week. Go Huskies, I guess. <laughs> you know, fun fun fact, uh, former Wisconsin uh, running back Jalen Berger plays for Michigan State. He has so far this season, he has 33 carries for 227 yards and four touchdowns. I'm going to pick against, I, I like the Washington Huskies just based off of what hearing you guys just talk about. I like Washington in this. I just just because Jalen Berger's on the Spartans does not mean I'm a big Spartans fan. So I'm going with the Washington Huskies in okay. this game. Before... You say anything, Anthony, are you going to pull a Herb Street here? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the Michigan State. Not, I don't, so I'm pulling, I'm looking at the numbers here. Washington's offense is absolutely amazing, averaging 571 yards per game compared to Michigan State's 463. Their de- the defense, though, is in favor of Washington, 335 to 279. I, I don't know why, but I, I hearing all you guys' story, like Michael Penix having a really good year, only having 20 incomplete passes this year. Pat Thorne, 20, or 30 of 52, 445 yards, four touchdowns, however, three picks. But I think this is like Michigan State, 52-0, 35-13 were their scores. And then Washington, 56, 52-6, and then 45-20. I honestly can't really decide why I picked Michigan State. I just have a feeling they're going to win. Either way, it's going to be a really close game. It's going to go down the wire. I just feel like Michigan State with Mel Tucker, with Pat Thorne at quarterback, and their receiver, Jalen Reed, I feel like he's going to have a big game tonight. He's not their leading receiver, though. Coleman will have another bit, another good game to, that night. 
I just see I just see the Spartans pulling it off some way, shape, or form. I I don't think it was a coincidence that Washington was the favorite favorite team. I don't think so either. But I mean, it, it, I just find it. I think it's going to go with the spread on this one. I think it will be a three point game. However, I don't know. We'll I just see. I just got the Spartans for some reason. All right. So next game we have UCF going on the road to take on FI or FAU. I think UCF will win. I mean, they did have a tough loss last week. I watched that game. There are so many chances. Who did they, who did they play last week? Louisville. Or, oh, that was that was the Friday night game, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they, um, they yeah. lost. I didn't uh, say it right. Fourteen Louisville. Sorry, a lot of people are gonna be mad at me. <laughs> Louisville. Yeah, it was a really tough loss for UCF. They had so many chances to win, and they failed miserably some some of those times. Like some of these turnovers they had. I think John Reese Pumley will play good. I I have UCF. I think they will be able to take care of business even on the road at uh, FAU. But yeah. So I agree with you on that one. UCF is going to take control of this game. Their defense is going to step up big time, only allowing 259 yards allowed. The last two games have been pretty much a statement. Even though it was a tough loss against Louisville, it shows that they can still hang with a pretty competitive team. I just have UC. I have UCF over Florida Atlantic here. I, you know, I am just looking at the preview. You know, 92% picked UCF. Um, I like UCF in this one. I'm going to take Florida Atlantic uh, in this one. Uh, UCF going to be a, I think it'll be a challenge going up against that Florida Atlantic defense. Yeah, they they did last week. Sorry, you said they played Louis. Yeah, they played Louisville last week. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Th- th- this is a. I don't know really who to, where to go in this one. I'm going to take Florida Atlantic though. I think their offense they put up points uh, first first few weeks of the season. Uh, not exactly you know do that impressive of uh, wins there, but I think that they'll win this game at home, and uh, I think defense will be the difference in the game. Yeah, and again, Kirk Herbstreit. <laughs> we might just have like a Kerb Herstory every single game. And I kind of love it because like the first episode, if you go back and listen to it, same we all pretty picks. much pick the yeah. same exact game. And here it's different picks for every game. I love it. All right. So the final game of the pick we have, this was supposed to be like if Texas A&M won, this would have been game day. We have the number 13 Miami Hurricanes going into College Station to Kyle Field to take on the Texas A&M team that is coming off a very tough loss. What you think, Anthony? I think that Aggies bounce back in rage. I, they're a very sounding team. Yeah, they lost Appalachian State. Uh, they go down from 6 to 24 in the rankings. Miami goes from 15 to 13. I like the Aggies in this one. They're still a very competitive team. They're still going to come out with that fire rage. Jimbo Fisher is going to have some quote-unquote inspiring thing to say. That way he can just fire his team up for the win. So I think the Aggies are going to pull. Not gonna, It's going to be a very close game, so to say. The spread is only five and a half. I do like the Aggies still, as I keep mentioning over and over again. So I'm going to just stop. I, I, I like I like Miami in this one. Um, I just think, yeah, I, I like Miami. Going into Kyle Field, I'm going to pick Miami here. So, yeah, this is just the fourth meeting between these two teams all time. I just read that's, I don't know, kind of weird. Uh, but anyways, I think, yeah, A&M, tough loss last week. Miami, uh, that game, they played Southern Miss. Wasn't that game pretty close? Uh, I thought it was. I'd say uh, the final result was not close. Yeah, it was final 30, the final result was 30-7. to 7. However, it was potentially close. Say Miami was down seven to three in the second quarter, but then after halftime, okay. it was seven ten. Then pretty much it was all Miami after that. Yeah. So new first year head coach Mario Cristobal at Miami came from Oregon. Um, so that'll be interesting to see kind of his first true test on the road. 
But yeah, no, I'm with you. I think I think A and M bounces back after a tough loss last week. Um, I think that they'll come out and play angry, and I think they'll win this game. Uh, close game, but uh, I'll take A and M in this one. Okay, I've been going back and forth. This is another one I've been going back and forth on all week. Tyler Van Dyke is a very good quarterback for Miami. Mario Cristobal, a very good coach from Oregon. All signs for Miami to win, especially with AM losing. But like you guys said, AM is gonna come it's gonna come out angry. Like they're gonna be mad because App State could have just ended their possible playoff run. They probably it, they it, probably it's did a, actually. It's a possibly. So. It's a it's possible they they would still have to win out their games, but like one of those games is Bama. I so say the Aggie that. the Aggies play in the SEC because like they play Arkansas after that. Then they take like a little quote break from his from Mississippi State and then Bama and then like Florida, Auburn, LSU. So A and M schedule is looking really rough. They'll have to like win out in order if they want to make the college football playoff. Um it, it's gonna be a very close game. Very close. It's going to come down to the wire. I am going to take A&M on this one. The crowd will make a difference. I'm picking the team with the home the home stadium because these are big, big stadiums. They get filled. And this is a big-time game, prime time on ESPN. That has nothing to do with it. But still, I think I have A&M winning only because they're at home at Kyle Field with the fans. They're going to they're play. Come out angry. They're going to be ready to play. Mario Cristobal will lose his first true test. Yeah, I think just uh, another thing, Miami, like you said, going to be a, always a tough, always really tough to go into College Station and win that crowd, one of the best in all of college football. And we know, you know, Tyler Van Dyke, we know what he can do. So I think if Miami, you know, wants to win this game, we're, you know, the run game is going to be a big part. They're going to have to control, uh, control the tempo in that environment. And if their run game can get going, you know, that takes a little bit of pressure off Tyler Van Dyke. And I think uh, puts him in a much better spot to win that. So I think that's the key to the game for Miami. If they want to go in to a tough environment on the road, hand A&M another loss and knock him out of the playoff picture. And can't make mistakes. Both sides actually, if they want to, if both sides want to win the game, they gotta limit mistakes. Yep. I say Texas A&M made a lot of mistakes last week. I so. say they made quite a few. Like Haynes Kane did not make an interception, but they had four fumbles in which two of them resulted in a loss. That you just can't do. So I guess Haynes Haynes Kane's didn't inter- throw an interception, but he fumbled the ball twice. Landon Robinson had a fumble, and Evan Stewart had a fumble as well. But overall, like you just gotta get. The offense more productive, 83 rushing yards, 97 passing yards for A&M. You just got to get more involved. You just got to take care of the football, limit the mistakes like we've been saying. Overall, it's going to be a pretty good game, and it's not a factor, I feel like, but it's going to be. there should be a reason why a, they should make a college game day regret not coming here versus Appalachian State. I was about to get to that. If A&M wins this game, they have number 10 Arkansas at home at Kyle Field, I think, right? Uh, so, it might be a neutral site. Yeah, actually. I was going to actually check that. If it's if it's a neutral site, it will be at um, AT&T. It so. was last year. They played. It was around the same time, I think, and it was a, it was a neutral site. Um, I'd say on ESPN, it says they have them at home right now, not a neutral site. Yeah, I don't know if that's... And Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken, won that game last year when they played. No. Didn't the A&M oh, one. Oh, did A&M and, uh, Arkansas had that bad streak of games when they lost like three in a row. 
Uh-huh. That includes a loss to a, uh, Alabama, which they actually stayed decently close with. Yeah, it's for a, a good Alabama team. It's La- a, no, Arkansas actually did win. Oh, they did last win. year. Yeah, it, did. it was yeah, twenty. Okay. It was twenty to ten because it was the oh, fourth game of the right. season. Yeah. Yeah, and, no, and this game is at AT and T Stadium. It'll be at Jerry World, so it is a neutral site. It is Jerry and Arkansas, you know. But I still think game day will go to that um, Texas A&M. Will if if they win this weekend, I think A&M will get their second chance. Are there any other ranked matchups next week? I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the schedule. Well, you guys, yet. I have a quick question. What do you mean when you say Jerry World, Jerry Jones? No, we Jerry World, AT and T Stadium oh, in Arlington, that's a, Texas. That's what they call it. Yeah. Okay. Jerry World. Okay. Because Jerry Jones. Yeah. yeah. Owns okay. Thank you. Cowboys. There was a mention of Oklahoma, Nebraska, but earlier we did talk about that. We're not gonna pick him unless you guys really want to. I I'm personally just not going to. I'm not. All right, we'll just keep it off. The I team. mean, Charlie kind of already said Oklahoma's gonna win anyways. And Mark, you kind of did too. So yeah. we just won't count it on to next week's standings. So actually, in fact, we haven't been counting Nebraska anyways, so it doesn't matter. Oh, well, that's true. So it looks like we have come to the end of our show here. Uh, we thank you so much for listening. Also, big shout out uh, to Dylan. He created our new Instagram page. If you guys want to download the app on Instagram, or I'm guessing most of you have already have it, type in the last take pod and then just click that blue button that says follow. And there you'll give us more insight of when episodes are out. And that way you guys can also put in your input of like different segments you want to do different ways to like that we can improve or other stuff like that we are also getting um some requests about being on the show if you guys somehow want to do that just let us know and we'll try and find a way won't guarantee you we won't or we won't guarantee you that you'll get on the show but we just love the the amount of support that you guys put on to our show so for signing off for dylan charlie mark and anthony you're listening to the last take brought to you by the university of nebraska go big red go big red